Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello there and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast on the first day of a brand new week. Ooh, as Bagus used to say. And so did his friends. I think they were the mice on the mouse organ. Or was it the mouse on the mice organ? Anyway, I could never understand. Who's the fellow with the banjo, the frog? That was a bit weird. And the woman that would every day go into the shop, have a look at all the stuff and just walk out, not buy anything. Just don't let her back in. There's a bloke in my coffee shop, actually. Just every day he comes in. Every day has one coffee. He's there with a computer and a spreadsheet. He's there for about two hours. Get out! It's a coffee shop. Anyway, what a podcast we've got coming up. And it begins with the ex-husband of Katie Price. Yes, Simon Jordan's final word with Danny. Thank you very much indeed, Kelly. Here are some of the best bits from a fine show. VAR will dominate again. Leicester march on eventually. And the problems continue for Marco Silva. Full-time at the King Power Stadium. Wow. Leicester 2, Everton 1. It's a key critical time because you have this opportunity in 31 days' time to start the process of readjusting yourselves, recalibrating to the events that are unfolding in front of you. But would I say that that shouldn't, I suspect, and I'm going to get shouted at from Merseyside, that isn't the issue for Everton. They've already spent tonnes of money on footballers. Is it more for them about getting a tune out of the ones they've got than going out and reinforcing? I mean, I think Watford need to refresh that team. That can't be the case with Everton. They, they've spent money on money on money. Yeah, I think that's probably right, Danny, but I do question some of the decision-making processes. I, you know, I look at Alex Awobi, I think he's a decent player, but I don't know what Everton's thinking was there. a game-changer, is he? Well, I think it was probably because they couldn't get Wilfred Zaha, um, and so they chose Alex Awobi. But you look at the Everton side and say, there's a better tune that should be had from them. I am not, as we have discussed repeatedly, I am not an admirer of Marco Silva's. I think that he's... Uh, I think he's somebody that's got a, a reputation which doesn't seem to be based upon a lot. You know, coming out of Olympiacos, OK, he did a decent job there. Hull got relegated on his watch, as we've discussed. Watford had a few decent games under him and all of a sudden he was the must-have manager. And Everton, I don't, you know, I'm, I, I, I love Bill Kenwright. I think the world of him, I think a lot of the managerial appointments that he's made in the past have had resonance, certainly David Moyes and to some extent Ronald Koeman and for a period perhaps Roberto Martinez... Um, I'm not entirely sure that this guy is working for them. I'm never, I'm never one that wants to sit on a radio station or a television show with this huge joy in talking about people losing their jobs. 
But football is a business that's built upon people being rewarded for failure anyway, so I feel less yes. less sentimental about it. It's not like a, a bus driver losing his job. But, you, but I look at this well and say, well, where do Everton go? Look, this guy's had a sliding door moment. No way, in my view, watching that game, did Everton players not put a shift in for their they manager. They were good. And they were unlucky to have lost this game. You've just got Leicester that are on full of momentum, full of belief. Um, but you look at it and say, if you're going to change, where are you going to change? If they change internally... I think they'll probably look at someone internal, maybe someone like Duncan Ferguson, mm-hmm. who I think is a very, very good coach and very well regarded by the people that uh, that run that football club. You, you can't go back to David Hunsworth. They did that and they tried that. That didn't work out. So if they're going to stay internal, someone like Ferguson would be a very good shout. But you'd like to think that Everton, given all that you hear about them, given the fact that at some stage they're going to move across and build a new stadium, given the fact that Mashiri has seemingly... I know they've sold a lot. They sold Lukaku for ninety million yeah. quid. I know they've sold players, but and, but notwithstanding that, they still have spent a lot of money. Got and they seem to, to be a PSV. Yeah, GE, they seem to be going backwards because whilst and it's also going to be exacerbated and compounded by the fact that Liverpool are in full throttle ascendancy wise. They're now that obviously they won the Champions League. Uh, it looks very likely like like. like Few of us forecast at the beginning of the season they're going to win the Premier League. And where are Everton? Where are Everton in all this mix? Now, of course, there was loads of live football over the weekend. One of those games was the draw at St. James's Park. How's that a draw? Why is everyone going on about how great Pep is, huh? Win it three times, Pep. Yes, then you're up there with the best. Not going to happen this year. Anyway, Pep was on game day with Nigel Adley. This is Nigel and Pep talking. Listen closely. I'll test you in a moment. Pep, how frustrating is it to take the lead and then concede it so quickly? Well, we 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 scored. Kevin scored an outstanding goal, uh, and after we we were not able to avoid uh, the the fault, uh, the free kick that uh, we could avoid it, and after Shelby make the the difference. And uh, but uh, I think we played attacking with a system like them 5 for one is the way we play more fluently we create more more chances and uh we concede two two shoots on target two goals and we create enough considering how difficult it is when 10 players they defending in the 18 <coughs> yard box but uh, but at the end you know we we yeah we dropped two points People always ask you, you know, can you catch those at the top? But do you still believe you can? But I said yesterday, when we were uh, nine points or in that position, we we talk about uh, it's not the mindset to to think about your catch them, start to win the next one, next one. So we know the situation that we have. We have to, you know, to score, to win games. And today we were so close. And it's such a, a very busy December you've got coming up. Is is it good to have so many games thick and fast to try and maybe regain some momentum? It's what it is. So if I don't like so many games, we have to accept it. So it's many games to play, and that's what we have to do. There you go, Pep Guardiola with Nigel Adley. So my question is, I did say I'll test you, who was Nigel Adley just talking to? Answers on a postcard to Pep Guardiola competition, TalkSport, London... Anyway, it doesn't matter. On now to the weekend breakfast show with Tony Cascarino talking about Liverpool. I want to just say something, Georgie, because it's very important, this. Now, I'm going to go back to my Jack Charlton days, right? Okay. And on the tactics board was a blank sheet of, sheet of paper in the dressing room. And I asked Jack from set pieces who I was picking up. Yeah. And he said, um, a big one. 
So I said, okay. <laughs> he said, yeah, in my teams, big ones pick up big ones and little ones pick up little ones. That's what we do in this, my team. Now, now back to Brighton yesterday. Lewis right. Dunk, yeah. six foot three. Yeah. Okay. Webster, six foot four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's two. Yeah. And my final one, Dan Byrne, six right. foot seven. Right. Right. So you've it's got not a small back line, is so it? You've got six foot three, six foot four, and six foot seven. Yeah. Now Virgil Van Dijk has scored with two headers. Now I'm not being funny, Georgie. Has not one of them been able to deal with Virgil Van Dijk? So because that's what's cost them the game. Brighton played well yesterday, right. but they didn't defend against the biggest danger aerially of Liverpool. Yeah. And look, Trent Alexander is brilliant at delivery. Yeah. His deliveries are phenomenal, and it's very hard to defend against. But big ones, pick them up. Pick up their well, biggest it's one. It's not or like their you most can't dangerous. see them, is it? We've seen John Terry do it for Chelsea quite a few times as well. You know, the centre halves represent a different type of threat at set pieces, don't they? Yeah, but they do. Virgil, we know Virgil Van Dijk, like Lovren, more so Dijk, yeah. can can do what he did. That type of header. So that's actually something you can know about, isn't it? On the training oh, well, ground, I it's think... not. It's not like it's rocket science, really. No, is it's it? I, uh, ABCs of life. It's quite simple. It's quite simplistic in what I'm trying to describe. But when you're a centre-half and you're looking and thinking, right, who am I going to pick up? Yeah. I, I'll make sure I'll get Van Dijk. Yeah. So now I've got, I've got, I mean, two of my best friends are Liverpool fans um, and they are very excited, but they are so... There's not an atom in their body that would say that they've got this because we mm. know from Premier League and previously Football League history that big leads can disappear very like quick, that. Though. Because almost no one can go through a season, you know, it's been done once in the Premier League, hasn't it? Almost no one can go through a season without a dip. But I guess the pressure on Liverpool to to not throw this away grows with every t every time Manchester City draw at Newcastle or, yeah. you know, and that pressure will it seems to be something... I, I feel like Liverpool feel to me like Leicester did and no one fancied Leicester in the year they won the title, really. Even until mm. April, we were like... Nah, they probably won't do it. But they are just taking it game on game. I feel a calmness about Liverpool that I don't think I've felt before. No, that, uh, yeah, I think that's a valid point. One, um, look, many people were, and his articles in the paper. I think uh, Danny Murphy's talking about it, saying one more defeat for City, and uh, you know Liverpool, they're going to win. It's going to be enough to win the title. What I would say is, first of December, yeah. there's 24 games to go, and there's 72 points available. That's a huge amount, right? Yeah. So. If you're giving, if you ever have that air of arrogance in your dressing room and over overconfidence, and you think you're over the line, you're not. Because no. there's many. We could do a, a text uh, subject. We're not going to. But people who have had massive turnarounds where they've had leads in golf or they've been leading in snooker or yeah. anything in sport you want to think about, yeah. this happens. But there's 72 points available. And as a Liverpool fan, I am no way accepting the title on defend December the first, thinking that we've done enough to get there. No, when you get to April, if you've got a good lead, I will. Yeah, I think yeah. Liverpool fans can start to relax a bit. But no, I wouldn't relax. I was seventy-two points available, and he got twelve. Eight, look, look, Christmas. Hi, Liverpool got a very tough defend uh, December, like yeah. Man City have as well. Yeah, you know they've got. Leicester. Leicester have got probably a freer time because obviously between now and the end of the season they've not got European football. Uh -huh. So that, that gives them a slight advantage and maybe they won't get affected so much by injuries and tiredness because of Liverpool playing yeah. every three days they've got a game. Yeah. So no, I, I will not accept that that is over the line because Liverpool are a very good side and they're winning games in certain manner, which I which we've talked about. That over the, you know, just getting that small margin of a one goal advantage and winning games. Yeah.
No way is this title done yet. There you go, Englishman Tony Cascarino talking on the weekend breakfast show. Next up, oh, and what a magical story this was for so many reasons. I'll give you two of them. One of them being Alvin Martin's son made his debut for West Ham at the bridge. I mean, that in itself is a beautiful story. But it's even better because his team, West Ham, beat Jason Cunley's team, Chelsea. (laughs) Oh, I'll just carry on laughing. Have a listen to this. It's surreal, really. Um, I said I can't, you know, obviously get my head around. I think I'll probably wake up tomorrow morning and, and, and open that one eye and I'll be like, did that really just happen yesterday? So, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy tonight, definitely. Dad was sat next to me and you know that. <laughs> yeah. um, he was a bag of nerves all laughing. In fact, the first thing he said to me is he now knows how your grandma felt when he was playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously he was nervous. Like I said, I've probably never been that nervous going into a game. But um, as soon as that, that whistle goes, you know, you just go into autopilot. But... See, I looked up at Dad and he, he looks a lot whiter than usual, I've got to say. <laughs> Clean sheet as well. I mean, there's the fans singing your name at the end. What was what happened when he went down after the final? Was he looked like you were crying? Yeah, a bit embarrassing, um, obviously. But obviously, for me and my family, this is, is a massive deal on a personal note. Um, and to come in, you know, obviously not playing for so long, um, you know, end of last season and, um, you know, to come and do what I did, uh, kept a clean sheet and, and I've got to thank the lads because they were unbelievable in front of me. And last one, when he came up and hugged Dad afterwards, yeah. I mean, that was a tear-jerking moment for all of us. Adrian Durham was, <laughs> was in, in tears. I was trying to take a picture and I, was, I had a tear in my eye. Um, yeah, it's obviously, we, we, I think we went to have a conversation, but I think we just both broke down almost. And then I think, I think I got, you know, I'm proud of you. And that was it, really. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed that moment with my dad and uh, I said I'll take that with me. And just in front of me, you won't believe it, Alvin Martin hugging his boy, Dave Martin. Honestly, I'm choking up. It's unbelievable. Dave has just uh, come to the side of the pitch, climbed over the barrier, come up the steps to Alvin, who's sitting next to us here at Stamford Bridge. They've had a big hug. Moose, you've got to save me, because I, I cannot speak. It's so emotional, that moment. Honestly, I'm complete. I'm gone. Al, Alvin is gone as well, emotionally Alvin, totally Alvin gone. Alvin has gone. Wow. I have to say that... The, if you can imagine someone so like when Pat Rafter won Wimbledon and climbed into the press the, the, the press box or the, the players box to see his family. I was sat without with Alvin all afternoon and the man could barely breathe. He's barely taken a breath all afternoon. I, you know, I've known Alvin for what, twenty-five years and we, we barely spoke this afternoon. He was so nervous he hasn't been able to eat anything or drink anything. And the minute the game finished, he went to the Dave Martin went to the West Ham fans, they sang there's only one Dave Martin. And you could see from the moment he was walking back to the tunnel, the West Ham players were looking to take him down the tunnel. And they went, no, I'm going to go and see my dad. I'm going to see my dad. He knew where we were, and he's just come up here and he's given Alvin a big hug. Alvin's gone home now. I, Alvin must be in bits. I mean, he must be in absolute bits. Well, yeah, I, I know. He had a tear in his eyes, wiping tears away at full time. Never mind when Dave's come up to give him a hug. And you're right, the West Ham fans were singing, there's only one Dave Martin. It's, it's the most incredible it's moment. Great story, I, I, it's it's great the most story. incredible moment I think I've ever experienced doing this Saturday afternoon show on TalkSport and it couldn't, honestly, it could not happen to a nicer guy than Alvin Martin. He's seen his boy keep a clean sheet and win on his West Ham debut and Alvin, of course, a West Ham legend. Incredible, incredible scenes here at Stamford Bridge. Now, I don't know why, but they've asked me to uh, plug another podcast. I don't know. I've no idea why this podcast, I bet that podcast doesn't plug this one. I bet Danny Kelly won't go, oh, quick reminder, you must listen to the Andy Goldstein Talks for Danny podcast. Thank you very much indeed. I bet he won't say that, but I'll say the wonderful Danny Kelly with Mark Webster and Tom Rennie, whose great granddad 
invented the indigestion tablet. Anyway, the three of them were doing a brand new podcast-ish called The Record Book or Record. Not quite sure which one it is. I saw David Martin um, a, a few weeks ago and he was the keeper for West Ham's development squad playing against Brentford's B team, which is how they work it, over at Griffin Park. And I'd never seen David Martin. And he spent most of the game 20-odd yards out from his goal and sounded like and acted like the PE teacher because he was like twice the age of virtually everybody in the West Ham side and was directing traffic for them um, with Steve Potts as, as the actual manager. But this man was not meant to make an appearance... But fate, well, no, it wasn't fate. It was Roberto. Yeah. <laughs> it was the single worst goalkeeper ever to uh, put twenty-seven goals in, in three League. games. So uh, I, in he came. I, I mean, I, I will talk a little in a second. We'll talk about the beauty of that moment at the end, the tears, and yeah. going and kissing his dad and all the rest of it. But you've now forced me to recount a story about um, how it is when you've got a senior pro in the reserves because. Uh, my oppo, Danny Baker, always uh, remember going to a game, Millwall Reserves, were playing against Everton's reserves. And for some reason, Everton were being captained by their stalwart, Captain Mick Lyons, yes. who dominated their team Giant for about a decade. Yeah, But, of course, in an empty stadium, you can hear the one Millwall fan, and I'll come away from the microphone because he's at the back of the stand going, Lyons! Lions, you old man. <laughs> we can see you out there. Don't try and hide from me, Lions! <laughs> Lions! Lions, you old man. I know you can hear me. What are you doing out there with all these young boys? Lions, I ain't right. Get back in the proper team. Mm-hmm. And this went on for 90 <laughs> solid minutes. And Mick Lyons... Must have said something. He tra- no, uh, second half, he, he, of course, he's much further away from where the bloke started. But, other end. Lions! <laughs> Lions, you old man. We can see you. I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm Alan Brazil, and this is TalkSport Daily. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Now, next up, it's the warm-up show with Max Rushton. And usually Max is paired with Barry Glendenin. But sadly, Barry's got to do 294 hours of community service for that thing we all read about in the newspaper. So, 
Max decided on his show it was bring your great-grandfather to work day with him. And up tipped Andy Jacobs. Uh, Gary says Andy's missed a trick. If he'd bought into the David Martin youth keeper type statement, he could have been billed as this youthful saviour of Sunday morning radio. Instead, he's now seen as the big Sam, the broadcasting dinosaur. Here you are. Anyway, come on, let's let's, let's play Culver House. Uh, last time Andy Jacobs played, he was given a live oh, yes. ban That's for right. saying Dale Winton. Um, mm. Obviously, a terrible mistake. So, listen, mm. uh, we would welcome all your feedback to this. I have very low hopes, but you never know. No, He's been on the, I sent him the ianculverhousegame.com. I sent him that. You can practice alone. Somebody's made that computer game, and uh, you can play it in the comfort of your own home. Oh, yeah, it's no. Great for Christmas. I couldn't it's, get to bed. It was like Fortnite. I played it all night. <laughs> it's tremendous. <laughs> right, let's play. Lee Sinnott. Alf Common. Britain's first thousand pound, thousand pound footballer. Ian Goldhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a pity. I had a few more good ones lined well, up. You can't have Alf Common. Why? We're ridiculous. Why Alf Common? Well, because you've got to check the rules. What's wrong with Alf Common? Uh, Alf Common. Are you saying Alf be... Common was Alf Common? Just... Alf Common wasn't a professional footballer. I'm saying. Under the rules of Culver House, you can check the website. You cannot use Alf Common. Paul told me there were no rules. It is so a that's five, where I went wrong. It is a five... I mean, I don't know what sort of bat... Uh, the, 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 there is a Twitter <laughs> account, which is not mine, which is the uh, Court of Col- court of Arbitration for Culver House. <laughs> they will get in touch to find out what your ban should be. But I'm afraid well, we can't have Alf Common. Uh, I think the like, Common family will be gutted. <laughs> I would like to apologise... Uh, Gab says it's great to hear Andy get to play again and that youth is finally getting a chance in Culver House. There he is, look. Um, Alf Common. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look, you're fine. I'm, I'm not debating whether Alf Common existed. I'm saying he is not a correct play once I have started with Lee Sinner in Culver House. It's just not how it works. Very be pleased. He went from Middlesbrough to Sunderland in 1905 for a grand. <laughs> 1905. <laughs> Seriously. And last, but by no means, in fact, I've got a little email here. It says, uh, Dear Andy, loving the podcast so far. Listening to it currently live. And the problem with when you type live is that you sometimes run out of what... Hmm. Anyway, it's typing it live, so maybe we'll get the end of that in just a moment. Anyway, here are the best bits from Andy Goldstein's Trans Europe Express. Who's going to replace him there? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at possible replacements. Allegri, Vieira, we're going to be talking about a bit later on. Nuno, of course. Where's your money, Andy? Um... If I were an Arsenal fan, I would love Allegri. Um, but I think that his name has been put out there. The name of Simeone was put out there before when Wenger was going, of course. I don't think that is a likelihood at all. But let's remember, Allegri's football is as far from Wenger's football as could be possible. The question is, I wonder, are Arsenal fans bothered about that? Does that present an ideological problem to them? Or do they just want winning football? Because he's always been very clear. He's... I don't care about the aesthetic side of it at all, which is what Arsenal have been built on in the Premier League years, I suppose. I suppose you could say the same about Manchester United, couldn't you? I guess the question is, you know, how much are you prepared to give to get back to a point where you're genuinely competitive? If they could convince Allegri to come, he is by far the best candidate. Okay, Mark? I... I wonder. Well, they they won't do it. I, I suspect, but I think Gallardo uh, uh, River Plate has probably done well enough in South America to get a, a crack at a, a big 
European club, but it probably won't be him. I think Allegri is, is the safest choice because they can present that one to the, the supporters as we've got the best available. You know, we're not taking the cheap option. If, if you're looking at who is the sort of top coach that hasn't got a job at the moment, I think assuming that Pochettino wouldn't take it, and I, I don't think they would, given everything he's always said about sort of, you know, not, not managing a rival club. I think Allegri's probably the safest pick. I think Nuno would do very well if it was him. But the Ajax manager, we haven't spoken Ten, about him. Well, Ten Hag has said that he'll be seeing out the season at Ajax. So are Arsenal prepared to write off a whole campaign? I think if Freddie Lundberg maybe had shown a little bit more today, then you, you maybe could have taken that risk. But... I don't, I don't think you're in a position to pass up a whole season for somebody that, you know, has only, has only managed Ajax, really, you know, and, and mm. in the Eredivisie. So, um, I, I, no, I, w- I wouldn't take that chance. I don't think you, I don't think you can take that chance. Oh, there you go, the Challenger Professor. In fact, the rest of that email is finished. And it says, uh, blah, 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 best show on TalkSport, blah, 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 best podcast on TalkSport, blah, 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 you are the best. Oh, it's pointless reading that out. Uh, a quick reminder, I've oh, got to plug another podcast. As if one wasn't enough with Danny Kelly's The Record or Record Book, I've now got to plug the Glory Hunters podcast. This is Charlie Baker presenting an international special, doesn't mean anything, as England take on Scotland in a heated battle of wits. That last long. James Brown is alongside, no, not that one, is alongside the actor and England songsmith Keith Allen. Mm, pretty good guess, actually. And Keith shares the story behind the making of world emotion, which is interesting because uh, you really have got to hold and give and do it at the right time. You No, I'm not going to bother. There's no point. New Order aren't big football fans, are they? But how did how did you get them into... Tony Wilson. That was the big thing. It was okay. his idea. Yeah. There was a guy at the FA. He was Jimmy Bloomfield's nephew. Right. He, he was there and it was his kind of remit to try and get another England World Cup. Song. And he was a huge New Order fan. So just out of curiosity happened to phone Tony Wilson up and say would it be possible only because they didn't consider anybody else the England team didn't want to do it to be honest with you and Tony said yeah 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 we'll do it this is brilliant but none of the guys know anything about football but I knew them anyway and I knew Tony very well and he knew that I knew about football so he asked me if I'd write the words for it well help to write the words yeah that's how it came about. Oh, fantastic. And then you were at the recording sessions, and it wasn't the whole team turned up, was it? Just a few turned up? There were six turned up. Waddle was there. Right. Gaza. Um, Barnes? No, no, Steve McMahon, Johnny Barnes, Peter Beardsley, and one other. Gaza. Yeah, but I've just said Gaza. Is James. it true Gaza was drinking champagne? He drank three bin. bottles of champagne while out I was there. Bin. And that's <laughs> absolutely true. true but anyway, we were recording yeah. the John Barnes rap, and uh, the first thing that happened was. Gaza goes in there and there's a pop cover on the microphone. And the first thing you hear is, What kind of beard orts you waste niggas here, man? <laughs> well, here we go. So you go for it and you can imagine <laughs> Steve McMahon trying to rap. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> Do the outtakes oh, still exist? Yeah. Oh, I've got them. I've got oh, them on dad. When me. they die, I'm going to put them out. Yeah. But the best one, who's got just the most incredible phrasing and timing, is Gaza. Well, he does this. You go, what did he say? <laughs> what? What? So he didn't use it. So yeah. Barnes, he got the job in the yeah, end. Job. Got the gig. But and Gaza and I've the met best. John Barnes a couple of times, and he's not backward in coming forward oh, no, with, with bringing the rap oh, he loves out. It. He He'll loves do it. it. I've seen him do it on not. the tube. I've seen him do it on the tube. I've seen him do it on the tube.
Oh, that's it for another podcasting thing. Um, thanks so much for downloading this one. Forget everything I said about Danny Kelly's and the Glory Hunter one. Just download this one. I mean, obviously, if you're on iTunes or the other places, Acast, all that, download it anyway. But this is your main one. This is the, what are you doing? You've only got time to download one podcast. I download this podcast. It's that one. And if someone goes, you've got, you got time for one more, my advice would be Danny Kelly. And they go, oh, you could do three. <sighs> yeah, up to you then. Anyway, thanks for listening. As always, uh, make sure you listen to the Sports Bar. And it's a busy Sports Bar this week from Monday to Thursday at 10pm because, of course, there's another round of Premier League fixtures. And from 10pm, you can have your say on National Radio. That's it. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.